0: You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. There's a lot of talk about artificial intelligence these days in many areas of the business. And marketing is one that we talk about a lot on this show, but there's a reason why. And that's because AI is fundamentally shifting the way we not only work, but the way we think about our work. Today, we're going to talk about AI as a marketing team member, not simply as a tool you use in isolated instances. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Daniel Maloney, CEO and co-founder of Tailwind. Daniel,
1: welcome to the show. Thank you, Greg. Appreciate you having me.
0: Yeah, looking forward to talking about this with you. Um, Why don't we get started with you giving a little background on yourself as well as uh, what you're currently doing at
1: Tailwind. Absolutely. So uh, I'll do the quick version of my background. Um, But in a nutshell, uh, I fell in love with entrepreneurship relatively young on. I started my first company, which was in the e-commerce business while I was still at school. And had a great time with it, also was pretty humbled by it and realized I didn't know at that age how to really scale a business. So I thought I would spend a couple years in the corporate world that turned into more like 10. Uh, (laughs) But I had some great experiences along the way. Uh, Most of that time was spent at Google, where I worked on different products, generally incubating new products and getting them to market, or even working on things that were a bit tangential to roadmap. So I worked on projects like uh, Google Street View and global local business search, worked on the integration of DoubleClick, and uh, then post-integration work at YouTube, focused mostly on monetization and partnerships. Uh, And then after that, I actually uh, went and joined AOL. Uh, So a guy named Tim Armstrong had left Google to go spin it out of Time Warner and lead the turnaround effort there. And so... I started out on a strategy role there, but then pretty quickly went over to uh, focus on building out the video business, which became one of the big investment areas for the company. But that was all my pre-tailwind journey. You know, it was while I was working at AOL in New York that I met my co-founder Alex, and we started working on what would eventually become Tailwind a few years and a couple of pivots later. <laughs> uh, but you know, the story never goes quite exactly as you, you think it does. Right. Uh, But in terms of what we're doing at Tailwind, honestly, it's been an incredibly exciting last few years. Uh, So we started off in what I think of as kind of the vanilla Martech space. And by that, I mean, we had an application that we built. It was focused on social publishing and scheduling, which helped people get content and bits from point A to point B. And originally, we went very deep in that area and had some success there. But by digging in with our customers and learning more about what they were going through, we started seeing some new needs emerging. And I think, you know, fundamentally, a lot of it came from the push to always create and deliver more content and constantly expanding the footprint of your marketing to become more omni-channel, be in more places at once. And so back in about late 2018, early 2019, We took a step back and rethought the entire product and basically challenged ourselves to think, okay, if we were going to enable even a solo marketer, a team of one to be able to become omnichannel, what problem would we have to solve? And the biggest ones we ran into were bandwidth and learning curve. So if we could shorten the learning curve by helping people adopt best practices, And if we could solve the bandwidth problem by enabling substantially greater automation, that would enable people in the limited time that they had to do a lot more and achieve a lot more. And that led us towards the path of generative AI, which is what we're focused on today. So you know, the long and short of it today is we're essentially trying to give marketers or business owners the team they wish they had, but doing it through AI and making it affordable that way so that they can produce more have their brand present in a high quality way in more places and ultimately see better results.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And I mean, starting this in 2018, 2019, certainly, you know, ahead of the curve for, uh, for a lot of the stuff that is now, you know, I I would imagine the the market looks a bit, a bit different today than it did, uh, you know, did back in 2018, 2019. So, but yeah, definitely, you know, want to want to talk about this, and I I know you gave an uh, overview of of what Tailwind does, but certainly there's a lot of generative AI apps out there. You know, re- lots of different focus areas for for different platforms. But you know, it's it's interesting because your platform does several things at once, and often what it would take you know, a text generation that does this kind of thing and an image generation that does that other thing. So, you know, w- what do you see as the advantage of having all this stuff in, in one place for that for that marketer?
1: Yeah, I think there are multiple advantages, uh, but probably, you know, a few main ones. And, and maybe just as background in answering that question, I'll share, you know, the types of things that Tailwind does. So yeah. You know, we view it as four major components of the suite, right? So one is generation of a marketing plan, which we have our own in-house system that we built that takes in inputs about a business uh, and the current situation and then actually generates a draft marketing plan, which of course, you know, every, everything I talk about, users are always in the driver's seat. So they can edit it, they can change it, they can remove things, they can add things. But we get you from blank page to having something much faster. We gen- help you generate the marketing plan. Once you have the plan, you then have to be able to create the content, and that brings in the next two components, which are visual design and copywriting. And so uh, we have a couple more products there: Tailwind Create for visual design, which you know think of it as you put in your inputs like photography assets and uh, headlines, CTAs, brand, you know logos, fonts, etc., and it will generate a very large array of potential design treatments for you so instead of having to kind of go template by template or build templates by scratch you can basically just scroll through and pick the ones that are close tweak them and you're on your way and then it resizes them for all the different formats that you need so you end up with like families of images in a couple minutes instead of spending hours but that's tailwind create the copywriting side is our ghostwriter product that is now tailored to over 50 different marketing use cases. So it covers all different types of social posts, different formats and types of emails that you might need to generate, video scripts. I mean, all all different types of marketing use cases. Uh, And then once you have the content, you got to distribute it. And so that's where we've got the organic side of distribution, which is still scheduling and publishing to social networks and things of that nature, as well as email And then on the paid side, one of the newer things that is uh, sort of in limited availability invite-only phase at the moment is a product called Tailwind Ads, which we acquired a company last year, and it is coming to market over the next couple months. But that massively automates both the ad campaign creation process and, and ideation process. As well as budget management and optimization, once you set your campaigns live to maximize ROI. Uh, so, so those are the pieces that are kind of you know all yeah. in this suite together. It's a lot. <laughs> it, it is a lot. It's definitely a lot. Um, yeah. yeah, I think the the primary advantages here come down to a few. Uh, so, one is time savings, which honestly is the core of what the vast majority of our customers are looking for the ability for these different parts of the app to feed off of each other to inform each other to reuse assets and and things in different places you know things like the ability for an ai system to learn your brand voice and then apply it in all of those different applications that saves a ton of time and energy as you're going through the marketing process the second big one i'd say is cost so you know the cost of tailwind If you were to break down all those pieces and, you know, individually buy all the best in class tools, you know, we're like 5% of the cost of that entire stack. So it's a much more cost effective way for folks with limited resources or, you know, reduced budgets to be able to serve a lot more while saving money each month. And then I think the third one is actually uh, the acceleration of that learning curve where you know the the level of integration and the way all of these pieces of the product are built, it doesn't matter if you know you've only focused your marketing career in one specific field, and now you need to expand to the next. It makes it a lot faster, a lot easier to do that than feeling like you need to be on like a multi-year journey to begin learning a new a new realm, and then you know eventually one day you'll have it down. Um, so I think that's what it comes down to. It's it's the speed it's the cost. And it's a learning curve, but it's been really cool to watch people learn and adopt it over time. Because usually they'll start with just one piece, whichever piece it is, and then they discover the others and expand. And uh, that's pretty fun to see happening.
0: Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, and and to your point about learning, I mean, there's there's a lot to learn about the tactical part of this stuff, and then you know, there's more valuable things probably to learn about the strategic elements and stuff so you know it's to me I see tools like this as really being beneficial because it allows you I mean any a new channel pops up a new social media platform pops up whatever the case may be and you don't have to learn all the ins and outs of it right it's like yeah. um how how do you look at it as like plugging into existing workflows and and teams as well so you know you mentioned like a lot of a lot of times an individual or a team will start using one part of this, but I would imagine they already have like a process and everything going. So like, how do you look at how this kind of
1: plugs into that over time? Yeah, it, it's interesting. I think what we see happening is that people do tend to start in one area where they have a burning need, and then they learn and and expand over time to realize that they could evolve their existing process to be more efficient uh, and to save themselves time and energy, Um, or sometimes it's complementary, right? So an example of that might be uh, depending on on what the brand is. Maybe one brand has a pretty strong existing creative process and they don't necessarily want to deviate in their creative process. And so we make it really easy to bring in your creative assets, which might even be generated elsewhere. They don't have to be generated through us uh, or or crafted, built through us, but then still be able to benefit from the distribution capabilities uh, of the suite, and still ultimately have that help inform a plan, right? Uh, For other people, it might be the opposite challenge, right? Maybe they're actually feeling like they have a pretty solid plan, they know what they want to execute, but maybe they don't have the creative talent personally or they don't have it on the team or uh, maybe they've had some rough experiences working with freelancers or whatever the case might be. Uh, And in that case, we're enabling them to get up and running with creative much, much faster and ultimately generate higher quality creative than a non-creative can do uh, so that they can keep the ball moving forward and and keep their brand going. Uh, So We see people finding, okay, in my process, this is where the gap is. That's what I'm going to focus on. That's what I'm going to start with. It's then our job to make that really easy and seamless to do with your existing process, but they usually tend to evolve pretty quickly from there.
0: Before we continue, I'd like to introduce you to a sponsor of the show. Partner Hero Customer service outsourcing has long been available mainly to large enterprise businesses with long-term contracts and onerous procurement processes. Partner Hero is challenging business as usual and bringing the benefits of outsourcing to small and medium businesses as well as startups. With short, flexible contracts and fast ramp-up times, Partner Hero is making customer support outsourcing a viable option for small and medium businesses and startups. It's perfect for companies with seasonality expecting a temporary spike in volume or that simply need to scale up. And their focus on quality means your customers will get an experience that feels like it comes from your team. If you're ready to bring in outside customer support help for your company that feels like it's part of your existing team, check out Partner Hero. Head on over to partnerhero.com slash agile, that's partnerhero.com slash A-G-I-L-E, to book a free consultation with their solutions team. Mention you heard about Partner Hero from the Agile brand and the way of the setup fee. Now let's get back to the show. So, you know, we talked a bit about the, the tail end platform itself. I want to take a step back and talk a little bit more broadly about the role of, of AI in marketing, um, and marketing and you know, as we all know, it's it can it keeps evolving. But um, by the time the show even airs, it's probably gonna um, evolve some more. But you know, I mentioned at the top of the show, this this idea of beyond just thinking about AI as a tool or a platform, uh, you know, thinking about it as a as a team member, you know, how, how do you look at that? And I mean, how, how, um, how far are we going to need to go before we start thinking of, of AI
1: as, as part of the team? I mean, honestly, I think we're there already. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah, it, I, I laugh a little bit because our, our positioning is actually the marketing tool that feels like a team, right? Uh, yeah. And that didn't come from us. That actually came from our users. Uh, you know, I think we first heard that through an NPS response <laughs> initially mm-hmm. that nice. someone mentioned it. But it's really interesting to watch You know, our NPS and feedback channels now. And we hear these themes pretty regularly, right? So it's, it's, I don't have a team and this makes me feel like I do have a team because a lot of the work is being done for me and I can sit in the role of editor and uh, overseer as opposed to having to do all of the work myself. Or if someone does have a team or is a member of a team, it's pretty much always the case that they don't feel they have enough resources to do the volume of work that's being asked. And so, you know, suddenly it feels like they have this support system to be able to get more work done. Uh, So I think we're already at the point where, you know, even if it's happening subconsciously, uh, people are adopting AI as part of their team. And it's not a perfect replacement for a human in any way, right? Uh, yeah. There are there's certainly a lot of evolution left to go in AI. There are, I think, specific purposes it works really well for today. Uh, but what it allows the human or humans to do who are using that tool or platform is to then adapt their own workflow and their where they use their own time to be highest use so that they don't necessarily... Uh, need to be doing all of it, and that's where a lot of the efficiency gain comes from.
0: And and where do you see? How do you characterize the the kind of work that we still need the humans for? <laughs> you know, like what what is the? I think there's a lot that AI can do, and and you know, repetitive tasks and um, resizing, reformatting, generating ideas, all that. You know, where where do you? How do you characterize the strengths of of humans that? Those leaders and managers out there should be thinking about like, okay, these are the kind of people that I want to hire for my team?
1: Yeah, I think there are multiple things there. Uh, One is it lets the humans be more strategic, right? So we get to think about what we want our brand to be, how we want it to live in the world, what is on brand, what is off brand, what is appropriate, what the strategy is. Uh, That is something that... I don't think AI is ready to handle at this point and and might never be. Uh, Because ultimately it comes down to personal vision and it comes down to drawing upon years of insight and intuition that we've developed, which leads us in a certain direction. Right. Um, There are other components uh, where I think there are just realistic limitations of AI today. So for example, in our ghostwriter product, one of the workflows that we have built out is something where, you know, you can input an idea for a blog post or an article, it will draft, you know, example headlines and synopses for you, you can edit those, you can pick from the different ones to for which you like best from there, it will draft an outline of the article, again, you can edit it, add to it, and pick the uh, outline that you like best, and then it will begin drafting the article. We tell people very strongly, do not just use the immediate output today because you know, things like AI hallucination are real, right? You need right. <laughs> to right. go through the copy and you need to fact check it and apply common sense and make sure that what you're putting out is good information. But then there are other components to actually arriving at a finished piece of content, things like how do I connect this uh, through links to other content of my own or other content in the world or research, you know inserting research and in data that the AI might not have been aware of, or especially primary data and research, adding creative components that fit within the story that you're trying to tell. But what it does do is it, is it takes that process from, I'm spending a day, sometimes longer than that, generating and creating this piece of content from the blank page. And brings it down to okay i've got a pretty solid draft within a few minutes and now i can spend 20 30 45 minutes maybe an hour editing and perfecting it and creating all of those hooks and links and then go ahead and publish and so you end up with a really strong output that ultimately is still driven by your vision your understanding of the brand your understanding of the market but you got there a whole lot faster, which then frees you up for other more creative work.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, does that mean then marketing, you know, the when marketing leaders are planning, who they need to hire for their team for next year, let's say, you know, they're they're looking for the more strategic people uh, than the the tactical people because the you know,
1: is that is that kind of what you're saying? I think that's the direction where it evolves, uh, yeah. yeah and, and probably this is beginning to happen in real time. I've already heard discussions around things like hiring, you know, new marketers out of college, and how do you actually think about tasking them? And you know, I've heard some interesting conversations of folks who work in very content creation heavy businesses where it's like they're exploring and pioneering entirely new methods of content creation with new grads. Uh, that might be harder for someone who's been a content creator for a long time to really get on board with or, or wrap their head around. Um, but I see parallels there to what happened in other industries and, and other parts of media and journalism, uh, where you know that's happening in real time. But I think yeah. this is good, right? Because it, it will, in the long run, remind us that marketing is about more than the tasks, right? right. The foundation of marketing ultimately comes down to understanding your customer, understanding what their needs are, understanding your value proposition and how it does or doesn't meet a need for them. And I think a lot of marketing teams end up being forced into a position where they neglect some of that more strategic work because of the time pressure to execute at volume. And then you end up creating a lot, but sometimes you miss the mark or you get to the end of a campaign and you feel like, oh, we really should have done this differently. But if you didn't really have the time to think through that in advance to do the research to make sure that you were on point with what the customer needs and how they think about the issue, you know, you burn a lot of cycles, but you might not be getting the impact that you want to have.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, one one of the things I'm really excited about is, you know, I work with a lot of enterprise customers that are, you know, diving into personalization, right? And personalization takes a lot of content creation, but it needs a strategy at the beginning, but it doesn't need a strategy for, you know, 100 variations of a banner ad or, you know, a call to action button or something like that. And so, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about that. To to your point, the, the just repetitive tasks, and you know, why, why am I, why do I have to do this work kind of aspect of, of marketing can go away in, in, in lieu of, you know, being more strategic about things like personalization and let's, let's get creative about what we're, what we're doing and offering and targeting and, and all those kinds of things and
1: not like what the, what color the button is. Right. Yep. Yeah. I, I think, and that's not the work that people get into the field to do. Right. 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 Like they're not super excited about generating a hundred different variations of a landing page in the vast majority of cases, um, yeah, I think of it as parallels in some other fields, right? So, you know, it, it's not necessarily the sexiest field for people to talk about, but you think about a field like accounting, for example. Yeah, before calculators, before spreadsheets, right? Accounting happened very differently, much more slowly, yeah. with far greater risk of human error. And while people at that time might not have fully understood the vision of what was coming for the industry. I can guarantee the work that accountants do today is far more interesting and stimulating than what they were doing then, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, there's a lot of other fields like that that have just been fundamentally changed for the better because we found ways to automate the work that, you know, frankly, as humans, we're not special at, right? Like we're not great at generating 100 versions of that landing page with different color buttons and so right. forth. That is a task that machines can and should handle for us let's focus on the things we are great at which are going to be a lot harder to automate. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we're obviously AI is in the I don't know if it's peak hype cycle or not, but you know, certainly there's as as I've mentioned as many mentioned, you know, there's lots of talk about it. Is there is there something like too much AI too soon? And you know, how how should a marketing leader be looking at this of like, um, you know, you've mentioned a few things where as good as some of these tools are, you still need to check the work and, and and stuff like that. But you know, what, what should what should leaders be keeping an eye out for in, you know, in in these relatively early days still of, of broad usage here?
1: Yeah, I think it's similar to a lot of other work and projects, honestly. You know, one of the tests I always like to use is when someone brings a new idea or a new project, I just simply ask why, right? Why are you doing this? What are you trying to achieve? And I've noticed that the more succinct and clear their thinking and answer is on their objective, the better the end outcome tends to be. There's a very strong correlation there because they have clarity of focus. They know what they're trying to deliver. And so I would ask that question, right? It shouldn't be AI for the sake of AI. I mean, experimentation is fun. Sure, it has its place. But what are you really trying to achieve? What is the purpose here? Is there a reason to believe that adopting an AI-driven tool or building an AI-driven tool is a good solution to this? And then I think the critical question after is, how are you going to test to validate or invalidate that later? Right, so don't just buy and use the tool and assume it's going to be perfect and assume it's going to be great. So, you know, one example there for us is in the early days with a product like Ghostwriter on the generative copywriting side, we started out with uh, the API from OpenAI, right? Like we were we're a partner there. We still use it in some places today, but we pretty quickly learned through experimentation and through validation that there were meaningful limitations there that led us down the path of, okay, no, we actually need to build and train our own models for very specific reasons to drive higher performance, to drive higher quality, to make them more relevant to the use cases that our customers care about. It's really easy to test and adopt, right? The reality is out of the gate, you're going to get some pretty mid-level quality, (laughs) right? Uh, So that plan has to be there. And frankly, the person going on that exploration has to be willing to assume or admit that the tool isn't going to be perfect so that they can then learn and figure out how to ultimately arrive at something better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Daniel, thanks so much for joining the show. One last question before we wrap up here. So you've given a lot of great advice and insights on, on how to think about this stuff already, but for those that maybe they're a little late to the game and, uh, wanting to catch up you know what what's a recommendation for a marketing leader managing a marketing team that wants to start taking some smart steps in, in the months ahead to
1: catch up and start utilizing ai in, in a smart way yeah that's a really interesting question i think there's maybe two answers coming to mind if you're a leader the first thing i would do is actually have a conversation with your team about it because they may already be doing things that you don't even realize they're doing. <laughs> and if you yeah, create sure. a safe space for that conversation, you're gonna learn very quickly and, and they can help educate you and bring you up to speed and, and they can help educate each other as well, right? So as a leader, I would start there. As you know, more of an individual contributor or individual learner, then I would say, pick one workflow, right? Pick one thing that you do that you always feel like you either dread or isn't the best use of your time, and just start investigating what the options are out there. There are a lot of different tools, a lot of different solutions popping up, and just start trying it, right? See if you can make that specific workflow or piece of your work much better for yourself, right? Faster, more efficient, more enjoyable, or just done, right, so you can do the things that are more enjoyable. Uh, and just start, right? I mean, you know, be willing to fail, be willing to test, you know, be willing to try a few different approaches or tools. But uh, you know, there's really no substitute for just doing.
0: Yeah, yeah, love it. Well, again, I'd like to thank Daniel Maloney, CEO and co-founder of Tailwind for joining the show. You can learn more about Daniel and Tailwind by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website, or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile.